0: You're listening to wham the only podcast on the internet that takes comedy seriously. Thanks for listening to Wham-Tat. Hey, hey, it's Waffles here and you're listening to Wham-Tat. That's right, the only podcast on the internet that's looking at the past and telling you about events that happened there. That's right, that's a revolutionary idea. I can't believe nobody else has ever thought to do this before. So what I've done is I've gone and read some really, really old books from people that lived, like, a long time ago. Like, before I was even born. Like, if you're older than me and you were born before me, like, these people died before you were born. Like, that's how old these books are. And they are talking about stuff that happened, like... A long, long, long time ago, like before now, like before modern technology was even a thing. Like you show them an iPhone, and they're going to be like, "What?" Like it would blow their little minds to know. Like, it's imagine. All right, so put yourself in their shoes, right? Of. If somebody from the future, but not, like, tomorrow or next week or even next year, but, like, somebody from, I don't know, next century, next millennia, if they came back and showed you, like, some quasi-quantum holographic whatever, and your little brain was just like, oh, I can't even comprehend this level of technology, like, that's what you taking the technology of today and going back to these people who wrote these books, like, that's the comparison, all right? Like, I I wish there was an easier, simplified version of explaining that. I, I, like, I can't believe that I'm the only person that's thought of this. Like, surely other people would have been interested in what happened before, but apparently... I'm the only person on the planet that's ever thought, hey, people lived before me. What if I looked at what they were doing? Maybe I could learn some stuff about what's happening today and maybe, you know, do some stuff in the future with that information. That's the premise of the show, right? And, you know, like this this podcast series has been going over for like over 100 episodes. We've been going looking at stories from the past telling you about them I, I don't know why i'm recapping it for you now like this is what episode 102 103 i lost count the the point being you know that's the show that's that's tat that's what Wham-Tat has always been if everybody if if you go back and you listen to the old episodes of WamTat, that's always always what wamtat has been about don't don't believe the imitators when they're like no psh tat has been about a lot of things no WamTat has always been very strictly Very seriously about stories that happened in the past and explaining them to you. And I've got three stories, like I always do, every week, bringing you three stories of what happened in the before four times. And I think they're going to be a bit entertaining, maybe a bit informational, uh, and you'll learn about them. But you know, the show ain't free, so you know, I'm going to have to cut to some ads so that yeah, you know, we can keep the lights on. These old books, they're very expensive right? you got to pay thieves and burglars and people to case out the houses and, you know, the insurance claims and, you know, all the court cases of, oh, you took my book and all that sort of stuff. Like, this is a whole big thing. Either way, we're going to cut to some ads. They're going to pay for that a whole ring morale and then you can listen to your stories, right? So don't worry about that. Ad time. Pew, pew, pew. Have, have you ever been bored sitting on, on the ground thinking, man, I hate being terrestrially based i wish that i could be anywhere but the ground right now ah well good thing it's me pedro feathers and and i am here to to tell you about the wonderful world of feathers come on down to pedro's feathers uh, and we'll give you some feathers and then if you flap really hard you just go whoosh 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 with your arms and we'll get you soaring in the skies in no time. Uh so use the, the, the code I wanna fly uh for twenty percent off uh your next order of feathers from me, Pedro Feathers, I'll give you a ten percent discount, another ten percent on top of the already discount if you don't ask where the feathers came from. All right, that's me, Pedro Feathers, telling you. Uh, come on down to Pedro Feathers. Use the code. I want fly for twenty percent off and a further ten percent off if you don't ask where the feathers came from. Bye. Pew pew pew. Uh, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the the ads. We we do try to screen our advertisers to only give you the best quality products and services available. Uh, So uh, the producer would have thrown an ad in in there. I hope it was a good one. Uh, Use that promo code or whatever. Uh, The first episode, uh, first story of the episode uh, that I'm going to be bringing you is uh, based in medieval somewhere actually this was just a practice uh, all over the the world uh, whether it's from africa to south america to you know the remote pacific islands just everybody for some reason just had a phase where they were uh, giving babies medical license uh, so you know how these days when you want to go to a doctor that doctor has spent at least 10 years in medical school mostly longer and they'll look at you and be like, yep, you're sick. Here's some medicine. Here's some surgery Here's some, you know, whatever you go in will make you feel better. And that's doctors, right? That's the concept of doctors. If you've been living under a rock for however long, hi, welcome to the world. My name's Waffles. This is a podcast that you're listening to. Please don't freak out. Uh, But also, doctors are uh, just the generalized term that we use for people that make us feel better when we're not feeling so well and for some reason during the medieval periods everywhere on the planet and this is the thing we've been looked at like archaeological records from all over the world Uh, you know the the ancient mayans uh, had this egyptian hieroglyphics had this everything in between like there was like one side of the planet and the other sort of trying to like sandwich the planet, whatever. But you know, we found sculptures of this. We found carvings. We found uh, artwork. We found uh, cave murals in uh, the Australian outback. uh with depicting baby doctors. That's right. Everywhere they've just been like it was. It was a fad. It was an international fad of you just get the youngest person that could walk and talk, and you would let them be the, the doctor, uh, either the tribal doctor or the village doctor or whatever. Like, there are stories, like in the Kievan Rus', right? Uh, you get your, your ye old kings of, of, you know, rulers of the Kievan Rus', you know, the proto-Russian empire, and, and uh, there's a story of a, a, a baby... Uh, called Baba Gababa, and they uh, cured the, whatever, the leader of of the Kevin Roos of rheumatoid arthritis, uh, which is a cure that we still don't know today, right? There are uh, cases, you know, we've got the evidence on clearly, clearly uh, King Kevin of the Kevin Roos uh, which is actually what uh, the Kevin Roos was named after, was this King Kevin, right? Had, had he uh, had his brother called Russell, right? So you got Kevin and Russell. Kevin had uh, rheumatoid arthritis. The The baby doctor, Baba Gababa, uh, came, whatever. I don't know what the technique was. This is the thing. The technique has been lost to history and cured the rheumatoid arthritis. Gone. Didn't have it anymore. Uh, So, you do what any leader of the Kevin Roost do when you've just been cured of rheumatoid arthritis. You raise an army and you go to conquer Europe. But, the point is, been bed-laden with rheumatoid arthritis for years. Right? Just, Just absolutely out of it. Probably waiting for a doctor to be born, to be honest. Either way feels good about themselves, thinks, I'm going to raise an army and conquer Europe. Only problem is, is that Europe, at that stage, was experimenting with laser warfare. It's a little known period in European history where everybody just went nuts for lasers. They just threw everything into it. The entire Kievan Russian army, right, just sweeping through through the plains, coming in through Poland, as one does, uh, and just hit the laser grids and tone, the entire Kievan Rus' army just wiped out, evaporated, disintegrated. Of course there is some, you know, beautiful artwork in uh in the in the basilicas, uh, you know, depicted in a mosaic of just the one one frame there is the the you know the entire Kievan Rus army being led by the newly, newly invigorated uh King Kevin. And then, you know, you get these, you know, lovely uh you know statues of the laser grid. Uh, you know, you see like a you go through Europe, you, you go through Europe and you see all of the the large uh poles and uh you, you know all the, all the iconography and and statuettes and all that sort of stuff like any any pillar that you see throughout uh, uh throughout Europe that is an ancient laser grid well it's it's you know a generator for an ancient laser grid right and uh it, it wiped out the entire Kevin Roos army it was so successful but wiping out the Kevin Roos army of course shorted out all the circuits uh and nobody knew how to fix them Right, And so laser technology was lost uh, in Europe for hundreds of years. And then King Russell takes over the throne of, of the Kevin Roos, uh, but without an army, and so invests heavily in diplomacy. And of course, at this stage, uh, the doctor, the baby doctor, Baba Gababa, had uh, of course grown up and was learning shapes and colors and alphabet and you know things like that could identify a cat at you know from across the room like really smart baby right could see like a little fluffy creature with a tail and all that sort of stuff and they did experiments where they put it in the same room as a cat and it would know what a cat was and it would put it in the same room as a dog and it knew that the dog wasn't a cat I know, I know, genius-level intellect on this baby. It was, you know, really, really smart. And we got, you know, all the writings and all that sort of stuff depicting this of, you know, cat, not a cat. Of course, the Kevin Roos hadn't got a word for dog at that stage, and they wouldn't for another hundred or so years, but that's a completely different story outside of our purview, right? So that's, that's the story of Baby Doctor's. And it's the fact that for some reason, and I just told you like one story of one baby doctor, but you can go do your own research, right? Find these old books, read them. I hear uh that there are buildings in most cities uh called called Libres or or Libras or or something like that. Like take the word zebra and put an L in front of it. Um either way, it's a, it's a building that is dedicated to books, right? You go into the building and there's so many books in there. And, and you try giving them money for the books and you're like, here's some money. Can I have a book? And they're like, no, 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 no. These, these books are free. And you're like, what? What's the catch? Well, the catch is you got to take them back two weeks later or a month later or whatever. Right. It's some stipulated time. You get the book, you take the book home, you read the book, and then you bring the book back. And they are just like happy with that. Like, that is an arrangement that they seem satisfied with. You don't get to keep the book forever but it's it's in the local libra and and you can go and you can visit the book at any time unless somebody else has it but if somebody else has it you can just ask one of the the people that work there uh hey that that book when it comes back could you tell me about it so i can look at it again and they'll be like yeah sure and it's like i know it boggles the mind but there are apparently. Sometimes even several of these buildings, of these Libras, in, in a city at any one time. And I, I know, I know, it's like one of the best kept secrets that cities have. But apparently these things, it's all over the place. Every city in the world has one. Uh, but go there, ask them, ask one of the people that work there, do they have any books about ancient baby doctors? Because there are no mo- modern baby doctors. As I said, like it takes at least 10 years to get a medical license these days. Uh, if not longer, and so if a if a baby started tr- the process of trying to get a medical license, they would be like if you, if we say like as soon as the baby starts walking and talking, right, so anywhere between like a year, two years, whatever depends on the baby uh you know by the time that they've actually finished the medical degree, they could be like eleven, twelve, thirteen years old, so that's like preteen, like definitely not a baby anymore. And so, you know, there are no more baby doctors just because we've changed the way that medical licensing works. But no, ask one of these people if you can go and read about these ancient baby doctors. And they're just fascinating stories. Uh, Like uh, the story of, you know, King Kamehameha in the Hawaiian Islands famously had a baby doctor. uh, And when the volcanoes would go off and... (laughs) You know, that was the sound of a volcano doing its thing. And people would get burned because volcanoes, I don't know if you know this, right? Uh, Because, you know, not everybody has had first-hand experience with a volcano. But volcanoes are really, really hot. And, you know, when you're cooking food in an oven and you go to grab the food out of the oven and then you burn your hands because it's so hot and you're like, oh, that's really hot, Uh, you, you know? We really should invent something. So you've got to wait for the food to cool down and then you've got to bring it out and you eat cold food. I don't need to explain to you how food works. Uh, you, you know, but it's the same with volcanoes, but except without foods. You can't eat the rocks that come out of a volcano. It's not good. But people on the Hawaiian Islands were trying to eat the rocks coming out of a volcano because they thought, you know, you heat up food and it's really, really hot and then you wait for the food to cool down and you eat it. Uh, you know, but not everybody does that. Some people like just try to eat the hot food and it's, it's like i know it's it's mind-boggling why you would ever eat hot food i don't know i don't know right but the the, the ancient hawaiians they were trying to do this but uh you know the baby doctor uh little uh baby Hama, uh want you know said don't eat the hot food don't eat volcano food uh and king kamehameha was just like well you heard the baby doctor and they stopped eating volcano food and they stopped getting burned. They stopped getting burned. And, and uh, you know, little baby Hamahama Hama was, was heralded as the savior of Hawaii uh, for hundreds of years. Uh, until, you know, colonization happened. And that's a whole other story, which we do not have the purview for. Uh, but, you know, baby doctors. They're everywhere. And you will find stories of them. And as I said, there are murals of them. There are, like, poetry dedicated to them. Uh, a lot of people don't know the ancient poem... Uh the Iliad that was all about a baby doctor uh read it it's it's great uh but yeah that that's baby doctors that's the the history of baby doctors literally you know so many stories you'll find one of them, whatever culture you're from look into its into its background, look into its past there will be a baby doctor in there somewhere. Everyone had them. It's just the weirdest thing in history that just globally, globally, everywhere on the planet, you go and you find any ancient culture and there, there's a baby doctor there. It's, it's insane. It's, it is what it is. Baby doctors, they were a thing, right? We changed medicine. No more baby doctors. I think we're poorer off because of it. Because as I said, like a lot of these ancient techniques that these baby doctors pioneered have been lost and I think the only way we're ever going to find them again is if we hire more baby doctors. But, you know, for some reason, medical institutions have a thing against that. I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to judge. Anyways, that's baby doctors. Uh, and now we're going to cut to another app. Pew, pew, pew. Hey, hey, you. That's right. You uh, sitting on, on a beach thinking to yourself oh, that all that water. That would I would I really want to get into that water and do water stuff, but I'm a land mammal. I'm stuck on the land. You know, my ancient, very old ancestors once lived in the ocean, and then they came out on the land, and we never went back since. Geez, I miss it. I want to get wet again. Well, good job. Come on, come on down to to Susan Scales. That's that's me, Susan Scales. Uh, come on down and i'll give you some scales uh, cuz fish have scales and they love the water uh so come on down to susan's scales and i'll give you some scales uh use the ca- use code swimmy swim swim for 20% off scales and you get a further 10% off on top of the already discount if you don't ask where the scales come from. Don't ask where the scales come from, and I'll give you another 10% off. But I'm, I'm Susie's Scales, and use the code swim and get 20% off your next order of scales today! Pew, pew, pew. Good news, everybody. Thanks to those ads, during that ad break, I was able to go to my neighbor's house and beat them up and steal, I mean, liberate, one of their books. Uh, and oh boy uh th- this is this is quite quite the tale i'll I'll tell you that much uh so so thank you ads If you get annoyed by the ads, you can just skip them whatever. I think the ads are fun. yeah, I got a whole new book that i just I just read during that ad break. I mean, what was it thirty seconds? It doesn't take long to read books. more people should be doing it um, but this story happens in ancient Greece uh, now I know a lot of people don't talk about ancient Greece. Uh, it was a big, big ancient society. Um, but yeah, you might not have ever heard of it. It was on the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, the Mediterranean, it's like you go to Europe and the south of Europe. Uh, if you don't know where Europe is, uh, it's somewhere that isn't in America. Uh, so that's, yep, geography. Uh, it's not a geography podcast, but there was some geography for you. Uh, but this takes place in ancient Greece uh, the year roughly uh, 300 or so uh, BCE. Ah, uh, and uh, this is about uh, the third Peloponnesian War that never happened. So effectively, you had two ancient cities: uh, one called Athens and one called Sparta, and they didn't like each other very much because uh, one was all full of nerds and the other one was all full of jocks. So something that we can all, uh, you know, relate to: you're either a brainy nerdy fella or you're like me and a big buff sporty dude. Yep. That's that's what we're going with. Uh, you, you know, so it was effectively that. It was the ancient world's equivalent to that of a whole bunch of nerds uh, being all like, shut up, Pythagoras. You're n- Irrational numbers. or oh, you're being irrational about irrational numbers. <laughs> we're not talking about Pythagoras today, even though a really interesting story. And then, the, and then all the Spartans being like, oh, let's smash some stuff because we're big and muscly. Uh, but the... Uh the Athenian uh king at the at the time, oh they didn't have kings, they, they had a whole thing called democracy. Uh and you know, but the Athenian leader at at uh the time, uh one Geekopolis, uh got just absolutely stoned off his gourd. Right, uh they'd found uh some mushrooms on, on a on a on a camping trip and just Like, the entire, the entire uh, just Athenian council, right? Every politician in Athens ate these mushrooms and just went for a trip. Like, just absolutely the, honestly, you look at some of these ancient Athenian murals, these ancient Athenian artworks, and just, you know, there's like, realism and they've got a whole bunch of animals and stuff like that and then there's just this period where there's just nothing but like swirly colors and and all this stuff and you get like the writings and it's just like you know there's like maths and science and all that sort of stuff and they're talking about poetry and philosophy and then there's just this period where like they're writing about like hands and wouldn't it be freaky if hands had hands and then one of them points out that if you think about it, fingers are the hand's hands. And hands are like the arms of your arm. And so your fingers are like your arms to your arm's arms. And, you know, and just weird things like that. But, you know, there's this period of time where just all of the leaders of Athens absolutely out of their minds. Right? Ate some mushrooms, just absolutely, whoom, went on a thing, and and they're like, ah, wouldn't it be funny, right? the The Spartans are there. We've already fought them twice. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be funny, right? If we sent a messenger to Sparta, and they're like, oh, yeah, it would, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they did, and and so they went, and they got uh, Heracles, and they're like, Heracles, go to Sparta and Hermocles was like all right and off he went and he went to the Spartans and Spartans very famous for having two kings and and uh so the Spartan kings uh well in this case the other Spartan king was off uh, on a on a road trip as you, as you do visiting his girlfriend who you know lived up the coast uh but the one the, the other Spartan king left back in Sparta um just a dude called Diodocles uh, which is actually where we get the word "dude" from, uh, surprisingly enough. Um, but Dudocles, uh King of Sparta, is just chilling in his in his palace when uh, you know the messenger, Hermocles, um, just arrives from Athens, and Dudocles is just like, y- "Yeah," um, and Hermocules is just like, "I'm, I'm from am I'm from Athens." I, like, yeah, I can see that, you know, with the Athenian garb. Do you have a message from the Athenians? And he's just like, yeah. He said go to go to Sparta. And Dudocoles is just like, okay, you're in Sparta. What now? And so effectively, what we have in this exchange is the ancient equivalent to a butt dial. Where the Athenians just got absolutely stoned. And sent a messenger with no message to Sparta, which is the first recorded instance that I've been able to find of an ancient butt dial uh, and it's all from this book that I stole from my neighbor with the help of ad dollars, so whatever products and services those ads were were telling you about, do more of it because that way, like my neighbor has a neighbor, and I've looked in through their window. And they've also got books, right? And these, these are paying for my legal fees and I've been able to like, bribe the local cops and things like that to look the other way. And, and so keep on supporting those advertisers and so I can get more ads, so I can keep telling you these interesting stories about how everyone in Athens just got absolutely wasted and accidentally sent a messenger to Sparta. And this is the thing, right? At the end of the story, the Spartans completely freaked out about it. They were like, oh my god, Like this is an Athenian power play. Why would they send a messenger with no message? It must mean something. It must mean that they are so confident they can just send messengers willy-nilly. And they sent the messenger back with a surrender notice. And if you know anything about the Spartans, you know they didn't surrender for sure, right? But they, sent, they sent the messenger back, being like, whatever this is, we don't want a part of it. Just like, let's do another 30 years of peace. And the third Peloponnesian War was completely averted because of some weird mushrooms that they that they found in the in the woods. Uh, and the funny thing is, we've looked; we can't find any of these mushrooms left anywhere on the Greek peninsula. Meaning, uh, well, the theory is 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 that they were so popular that the Athenians just ate all of them and extinct this mushroom. And so there's none left. But, you know, for a good, like, solid five years in Athenian history, it's just, like, the weirdest stuff. It's it's just absolutely bonkers. I think they might have invented music in that time. Or at least codified it. Because there wasn't any music, then they all got stoned, and suddenly there was music. There might have been, like, an ancient woodstock there, which... One of my neighbors might have a book on. We shall see. Ah, uh, either way, we go into another ad, uh, so I can I can try to find a book and and see uh, see what other interesting stories I can tell you. Ah, uh, so back back to ads. Pew pew pew. Have Have you tried flying but found that you were too heavy? Uh, and then f- tried swimming but found you can't breathe water. Well, my name is Norman Guy, and I'm just a normal guy, and I'm here to tell you that living on land ain't so bad. Uh, It might be bland to live on land, but at least you're not dying. Uh, So that's, you use code, I don't want to die, for 10% off your subscription to, to keep living. Pew, pew, pew. All right, I broke into somebody else's house. Turned out it was my own house. So that was a thing. But either way, I found a book I hadn't read yet. Uh, and it's about the year 1000. Ooh, big number. Uh, and, and the fact that uh, these old, old uh, monks in Britain, and old British monks, what they would do is they would sit in caves and just copy books all day. That was their job. As uh, so sit there, they would have some, like, oil lamp or candle or whatever, and they'll just have, like, pen and and paper and typewriter, and they'll just go, tink, 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 which is the sound of a typewriter, and and they'll just copy manuscripts, because they hadn't invented the printing press yet, uh, even which is weird, because we found, like, an ancient manuscript describing a printing press, but they just never used it. So they had the concept of it. They just never built one. Uh but yeah, uh, so this is so all right, so the year was like nine nine nine, and they were all you know copying, and then one of them freaked out uh be like, hey hey we we've only been using three numbers for for the date, but I've just done the maths, and it turns out that next year we're gonna need four numbers, and this created panic uh, th- throughout the year 999, right? And all these these monks were frantically... Because that was the thing. They were dating all of the manuscripts. And by dating, I mean they were writing the date on them. They weren't actually, like, taking them out to a nice candle at dinner. I mean, they might have done that. They just never wrote it down. But what they did do is they wrote down the date, right? And, and that was the thing, because they only needed three numbers up until now, 999, right? They would go 997, 998, 999... And then what next? Because did they just write zero, zero, in, zero? In which case, people would think that they'd just gone back in time a whole millennia. Or, or, or did they write, like, one, zero, zero? which You know, it's this whole big thing. So they, they realized that they needed to add a fourth slot for the numbers. And where did that fourth slot go? And, and it was just this whole big thing, right? And it was called, like, the Y1K disaster. Right, but and because they thought, like, this is the thing we have all these manuscripts, and we're sending all these manuscripts out to all these kingdoms, and like they're using these manuscripts to, to run things, right? To run politics, to run manufacturing, like to like the seasons of all the farmers and the grain, and, and everything like that, right? All it was, it was this whole big system right, people would send their manuscripts to the monks, the monks would copy them, send them back out, and, you know, everything would go along, like, military orders, campaigns, funding, everything was run by these monks, right, it would just get these manuscripts, copy them out, send them back, and they would date them, because it helped to know what date you were reading about, like, whether this was, like, from something like 996, in which case, cool, you knew this was the 996 data, but, you know, if if they they needed to figure out because they couldn't just send back zero zero zero, which was what what people just assumed would happen, because all these people would think that they were reading a manuscript from a thousand years ago, but they weren't. They were reading it from the current date, but they didn't know what that date was going to be, because they hadn't invented numbers higher than nine nine nine. Because they didn't think because like there was a thing like numbers were invented way back when, like in in the year zero zero zero, which is why we call it the year zero zero zero, because that was when we invented numbers. And, you know, and then the year one, zero, zero, one came along, you know, and we had this pretty good system where, you know, you know, uh, every year they would vote on this new number and then the year 10 came about and they're like, well, what if we just did one zero and it was just like, oh yeah, that's, that's genius, right? That's absolutely fricking genius. And, uh, you know, and that is, and that's the, the, the story of numbers, but we get to these monks in this cave. Yeah, 999 new year's is approaching right and they still haven't figured it out uh, and unfortunately then all of the manuscripts we keep finding uh, you know go back a thousand years so we start off with these manuscripts from like the year 000 and they're talking about like quite modern stuff for the time you know all these kings and stuff like that that you would think would, would be from the year 999 plus 1 but, you know, it's clearly from the year 000. Uh, and so this is one of these great unresolved mysteries. You know, historical mysteries. Uh, that uh, That is unresolved to this, to this day of, like, what happened after the year 999. We still don't know. We still don't know. Because uh, what they eventually decided upon was that we'd just keep on doing the year 999 over and over and over again until we... Uh, you know, until we figure figured it out. Uh, which is why we're still in the year 999 right now. Right, so if you're a mathematician listening to this, and you know what comes after 999, because, my goodness, the rest of us don't, please tell us. Uh, b- but yeah, so that this has been another episode of Waffles telling you about stuff that happened before now. That's the show. Uh, I appreciate all of you... Thank you for listening. And of course, if you don't want to listen to the advertisers, you can always just support the show on Patreon, like these absolutely amazing legends of human beings. So a huge thank you to Brad from the Fate of Ison podcast. Uh, if you were an historical figure, you uh, would would be uh, the, the king of all of Ison. You know, the ancient king of Ison. Brad. Uh Jaysha Drake, uh from the Podzilla Podcast. If you were an historical figure, you would be Saint Jaisha the Drake Slayer, uh the, the person single handedly responsible uh for the extinction of dragons. Thanks for that. We could have had dragons, but no Jasha, you killed them all. I'm sorry. Uh Violet, if you were an historical figure, you would be the person that invented colors it was a black and white world and then you were just like what if colors and that was yep you and you were the thanks for colors good job rick from jeff and rick presents unpacking the power power pack if you uh were an historical figure you would be uh, the first person uh to ever put writing and uh and art together uh, so you could actually tell what was happening in pictures and uh, make writing less boring by adding pictures. Uh, so pictures and words, you, you put them together. Thanks. Thanks for that. Uh, Samsara, if you were an historical figure, uh, you, you would be the, the, the first person to figure out dirty jokes. All jokes were clean and then you were like, but what if they weren't? And then everybody got a smirk on their face because they knew what you were talking about. Uh so thanks Samsara for giving us that. And Michelle Gersh, if you were an historical figure, uh you 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 would be the first person uh to in- invent telling people that you know that haircuts really looks good on them. Because, you know, boost their self-confidence because they weren't sure about it. And then you're like, hey, did you get a haircut? You're looking nice. And they'll be like, thanks. And give you a big old thumbs up because you just gave them a huge self-esteem boost. So thanks for that. Thanks, for inv- thanks to all of you. You're all amazing, wonderful human beings. Uh, and if I was an historical figure, I-, I would be the person saying thank you to all of you for supporting the show. Because seriously, it would not exist without you. So big, big thumbs up to that. Bye.